Uh, this morning's message is protect your heart. Now, one of, the, one of the things, protecting. Now, sometimes we build walls, and we're not talking about building walls. Walls, walls are more like prisons than protection. You see, some people build prisons in which they will not allow themselves. When people have been hurt, they will build prisons in which they protect themselves from being hurt again. And generally what happens, they get hurt again because they let the wrong person in, in behind their walls. And then they become even more defensive and more protective. And, you know, they, don't, they, won't, they just kind of isolate themselves. They, kinda, they live outside the walls uh, uh, doing their jobs or their lives or their communities, but nobody gets in. Well, here we are as people who are people of the heart. <laughs> we open our heart to Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. God is knocking at our heart's door. And we open our heart to receive Christ. And so the heart of Jesus is a heart of compassion. The heart of Christ is a heart of blessing and giving and, and you know, fulfilling uh, the will of God and helping other people. And, but we know that <laughs> there are wolves in sheep's clothing. And so we need to know what it is that we are doing and that there are some people that who are not interested <laughs> in receiving what you have. They are interested in puncturing, hurting, and, and uh, hurting your heart. And so we're, we're learning how to protect your heart. Now, um, Psalm 30, verse 5 says, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. The weeping, there is no way to protect ourselves from offenses. There is no way to keep ourselves from things that are unfair happening. And there are people who let us down. There are people who <laughs> hurt our feelings. There are offenses that come to us that shouldn't. They are done or intentionally or unintentionally by someone. And so we are wounded in our heart. Now, these offenses that, we, uh, that come to us, they often want to take up residency. <laughs> they often want to live with us. And, and, we, and I'm guilty of this, too. I mean, you know, when certain things are mentioned and certain people are mentioned, I, I rem well, I remember, do you remember when this happened? You know, and we review. You know, it's like getting out a movie that, you know, the old movie that we know the ending and we eat popcorn and watch ourselves get hurt all over again, you know? And it's like, we should enjoy this. You know, oh boy, isn't this happening? Wow, you know, we know the outcome. <laughs> we're going to be hurt and we're going to pull back in the whole thing. And, and the idea is we cannot allow ourselves, if we are rerunning, rerunning, reviewing the old movies, don't, Okay? Because all it does is fester, <laughs> tear open old wounds. So these things want to live there, but we can't let them live there. They have to be removed. So um, they, these feelings come and they produce resentment. They produce bitterness. They bring up unforgiveness. <laughs> and so we find that even, even, in, even in when, when someone dies, um, that in, in grief, you know, people would say, I can't believe they, they died on me, you know. I can't believe they left me. And it's like, well, they didn't leave you. There was an illness. And all, but that doesn't, that's overlooked. It's like they chose, somehow they were choosing to leave. 
And um, so that's a, a why did they leave? Or then there's the, a, a divorce, and that's rejection of us. There's the loss of a career. And, you know, see, all these things hurt us. And, and we can't stop them from hurting because we care. Okay? So we can't put ourselves in a place where we don't care. We have to allow ourselves to say we care, but we're not going to allow ourselves to hurt anymore. We're going to allow ourselves to heal. And the, the healing virtue, you know, we have to watch uh, and, uh, uh, from saying I don't care. You know, I don't care. Do what you want. I don't care. <laughs> well, what we're doing in I don't care is I really care, but I don't want to be hurt anymore. <laughs> okay? So I care, but I don't want to be hurt anymore. I don't want to be hurt by the decisions that are made. So if we hold on to the hurt, if we allow that bitterness and poison to become part of who we are, we just never move on from this festering pain. <sighs> okay, anybody been there? I won't say I mean people are living there. I'll just ask somebody who's been there. So, the qualifying statement is if someone has hurt you, if they have cheated you, if they have walked out on your life, well, be encouraged. <laughs> be encouraged. Do you know what courage is? Encourage is courage with an mm. <laughs> with a little oomph. <laughs> courage with an mm, you know? So we want to be an encouraged, you know? So drop it. <laughs> Uh, incinerate it, garbage disposal of it, uh, disregard it, throw it away, trash it, whatever you want to do, delete it. <laughs> you know, I, I, one, one person used to say, and I don't know who it is, you guys, uh, uh, Jose can qualify this statement if it is correct, the delete button is your friend. <laughs> Not... <laughs> well, you got to be careful with what you delete, you know. <laughs> If you delete the whole program, you're in trouble. Okay. No, power buttons your friend. Okay. Well, it must have been somebody at the hospital because they always are pushing the delete button. I don't know. But when it comes to pain and sorrow and grief and, and people hurting and, you know, all that kind of stuff, the delete button is your friend, all right? No, you don't want to delete the whole thing. So... So do not, and then what happens is, not only do these things happen, remember we're talking about protect your heart, and uh, not only do these things happen, we create labels for them, okay? We create labels for them. We create labels that says, not good enough, <laughs> not, uh, not able to compete, <laughs> not able to finish, uh, loser, uh, you know, we put those things those labels and every time we look at it we see it under the label of and these things do happen but we do not need to label ourselves under that category or under that pain so as long as you hold an offense as long as you can't move past the hurt then that hurt is still hurting you now i remember um did you ever have one of those tests where they stick the needles in your arms and in your hands? Well, I, I, I had um, numbness in my hands. I still do. But 
they thought it st stems from my brain, but I couldn't figure that out. But anyhow, if you have this guy, you go to this test, and they're, gonna, they're, gonna they're going to trace the electrical current through your arm. So you're sitting there, and the guy says, let me see your hand. You put out your hand, and he takes a needle and jabs it right in your hand. It's like, ow! And uh, I mean, it's a needle, and he, he doesn't just tap it. He sticks it in about a half an inch or an inch. Okay, then you're sitting there, and you're just over that one, and he takes out, he doesn't even, you're just like, what are you doing? And he turns your hand over and sticks another one in your arm. And it's like, that's two. <laughs> what are you doing? He says, well, you know, what are you doing? He says, well, we're going to put electricity through electric through the upper needle and see if, the same, if that same amount comes out the lower needle, and then we'll know if you have a problem. And so he turns it on, and then he takes the needle out of your arm and jabs it someplace else. <laughs> it's like, how many times are you going to do this? You know? Well, until I find out whether the test is like, okay. Well, <laughs> if they would have told me this going in, I would have said, I don't want the test. Okay? <laughs> but you see, sometimes pain is like that. <laughs> People do things intentionally, unintentionally, they want, maybe want to see how you're going to respond. They may maybe not even care. They're just stabbing you. So what happens is when the needle goes in, okay? I'm sorry to be using needles because some people just don't like needles, you know. I don't like needles and, you know, just one of those things. So if you, if, so, if somebody jabs you with a needle, okay, then they walk away. And you're standing there, and you got this needle in your arm, or wherever, and you're saying, I wonder if they want me to keep this. I wonder how long I'm supposed to let this in. I wonder if I can take it out. They didn't tell me. But you see, when somebody hurts you, they stick you. All right? Now, sometimes when people hurt us, we don't take the needle out. We just kind of let it sit there. And anytime somebody touches the top of it, <laughs> it hurts. And you see, anytime someone talks about the pain or the problem, it hurts. So we've got it stuck in there. All right? Now, sometimes we'll pull the needle out and we'll put the needle on the mantle and we'll build a frame around it. And this is the needle that they stuck me with. We'll label it. I was stuck by so-and-so, and I've got the scar to prove it. And every time we go by the mantle, we remember. And we're not, the pain's, the needle's not in our arm anymore, but the pain is in our heart. <laughs> and then sometimes, I've been, I, I've, you know, in the hospital, been in the emergency room with lots of people, but one person had a needle stuck in their foot, and it broke off. And they didn't go and get it out. They thought it, they pulled the whole thing out, but they didn't. And after a couple of weeks, their foot was swollen and it was infected and they were almost lost their foot. Now, do we get the analogy? When people hurt us, we have to do something. You know, we don't go and punch them in the eye like Rhonda did to me. We... <laughs> She didn't do that, you know. I fell. It's my own fault. She didn't knock me down, but she short. No, that was them. No. <laughs> but uh, but whenever we have protecting our heart, 
is recognizing that these things are going to happen. Now, we can't stop them. I'm sorry. You know, we, we can avoid them, perhaps. We know people. <laughs> there are some people we know that, you know, you walk up. I remember this, this one person I, I walked up to, and I hadn't seen him in probably 15, 20 years. And I'm, I'm you know, hello, how are you? He says, boy, you're fat. <laughs> I thought, well, it's nice to see you too, you know. And he goes, but I'm just forward like that, and I just say what's on my mind, you know. I says, well, I'm good. I don't like you, and I wish you had never said it. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> but, you know, people will say these things. You know, people will, and, and do they mean them? I, I don't know. But you got to just take it. Well, okay, so I am a little heavy. Maybe I need to lose some weight, and maybe if I'd stop eating all those desserts, you know, I'd, I'd have it better... I'd have it all licked. <laughs> but, but you see that we have all of this, but perfect love casts out all fear. We, we have this love that surrounds our heart. Now, on our uh, camper, we got these, um, they're called sumo springs. <laughs> and sumo springs are about this big. They're about this big. They're about six inches in diameter. And they're a really dense foam. Okay, foam. Can't imagine foam <laughs> holding up 24,000 pounds. But there's this really dense foam. You put it in underneath the frame and on top of the axle, and it actually stabilizes the entire motorhome. And you would think that the guys who put it on says you should have got metal, you know. <laughs> you should have got leaf springs, you know, because they deal with the big, big trucks, <laughs> and uh, this little thing, thing of foam isn't like to them it's, this is like a marshmallow. It's not going to fix anything. But you put, they put, you put this on there to uh, actually control the, the sway. Well, in our life, the love of God is what controls what's going on in our heart. And these, these comments need to be filtered through God's love. You see, when people appreciate what we've done or how that God has helped them through us, we need to allow those things to work their way through into our heart and receive them for what they are. But when people say things that are hurtful to us, they're like the needle, well, that gets absorbed in the outer layers of love. <laughs> See, Jesus, when he's dying on the cross, says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was, his love for the love of God for all of humankind and all of the sin of the world, he was able to take this upon himself and his love absorbed all of that pain and all of that anger and all of that hatred they had for him and he still loved them. It didn't change his mind and it didn't change who he was and it didn't change what he was going to do. You see, when people hurt us, it should never change who we are. It should never change what we're going to do. And it should never change how we feel about living. Because the love of God is what absorbs that loss or that pain and that sorrow. And we just allow it to just disintegrate inside of that love because it's not our love for our people. It is God's love through us for people. And you see, <laughs> Proverbs 17, 9 says, he who covers and forgives an offense 
seeks love. You see, he who covers and forgives. You see, we cover the wound with love. You know, we have, uh, Anna, we have an antiseptic ointment that we put on cuts and stuff, and, and they heal rather well. You know, and when I was younger growing up, I, I was, you know, we were always getting banged up, you know. <laughs> I always had, you know, I, I, I come home, I come in from the field one day, I think it was about 12 or whatever, and I said, Mom, I cut my leg. And she says, okay. She said, lift your, lift your you know, lift your pants. There was blood running out and stuff. I had a gash about eight inches long. <laughs> I had, there was a, a, um, a bolt and then there was a, a nut on it, and then there was a cotter pin that went through it and spread open. Well, I slipped and went down over that cotter pin, and it caught the edge of my shin and just went right up my shin and ripped my leg open. <laughs> I said, Mom, can I have a Band-Aid? <laughs> and she says, no, we're going to the hospital. So, uh, but I had, I don't know how many stitches in it. But, you know, they're just things that happen. And they're just, you just, they just happen. What are you going to do about it? Well, get a Band-Aid. No, cover it in love. And, you know, put, in, put something on antiseptic cream, you know. You put something on that is going to heal the wound and let it go. Did anybody hear that last part? Let it go. Every time it goes to come up, you ever see, you ever see those kids play that game where the, the things pop up and there's a, a little fabric hammer that they hit them on the head <laughs> bop up what is it whack a whack a mole okay it's a mole that pops up and you hit it over there so that's what you do it's a whack-a-mole game <laughs> every time that memory comes up every time that situation comes up you whack it <laughs> with love <laughs> you you know, because you let it go in in it Letting it go doesn't mean it didn't hurt. See? Letting it go doesn't mean that you, you shouldn't have been offended. Letting it go is not letting them off the hook. Because if you keep that needle, that wound in you, the person stuck you with, okay? They're off living their life. You're the one that's stuck. And every time you move that around and say, you, I remember when they did this to me, we're trying to hurt them. But they're not hurt. They're off doing their thing. We're the one that is hurt. That's why God, that's why God tells us to forgive. Forgive, let it go. Allow his spirit to heal the wound. Cover it with love and forgiveness. You gotta pull out the wound the, the needle. You got to clean out the wound and you got to put love on it and allow the love of God to heal and to disinfect the effect of that wound. Protect your heart. Hmm. So, <sighs> I, have another, I have another illustration somewhere. Um, An offense, well, oh, I was thinking of the, the tragedy in, in Branson, how that, you know, 17 people died, 
And who knows why, the reason. If you see the little videos, it's, it's you know, somebody made a mistake. Or something happened that caused all these people to, to die. You know, and, and last Sunday we showed the, the tornado that didn't touch down. <laughs> that was the storm that was basically going to go over where Rachel and Jack and Rich and the family lived. It was in that very close vicinity. So during these difficult times, we have to remember that God is greater than any struggle that we face. We have to remember that the challenges that we face are used to strengthen us and that part of what's going on in our life is not that we understand everything and that we understand people and we understand how they think and why they do it. Sometimes it helps us, but it doesn't matter if we understand or not. The bottom line is I have to trust Jesus. God is in charge and God is greater than the difficulties that I face. And he'll take those challenges and he'll help us to grow through them. We cannot stop people from hurting people. We cannot stop people from hurting us. Now, we're not to be fatalist, but we are to, we are to be proactive in our faith, believing that God is going to give us the ability or whatever it takes to be able to absorb the love of God, can take those daggers that people throw at us and stop them before they reach our heart. Because our need, like Christ, the need for loving the world and forgiving the world is greater than the pain that is created by the world. <laughs> it's greater than the hatred created by the people who were against Jesus. His love for them was greater than their hatred for him. And this is where God is helping us. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. God is knocking on our heart's door not just to forgive us of our sins, and I believe that all of us, as we forgive and we allow Christ to come into our hearts, but, and we've all done that, I believe that it is there that God shows up every morning with joy. <laughs> he shows up every morning, as it were, with uh, strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That God, that God is going to work all things together for good, to those who love God and are called according. God's knocking at our doors and saying, are you going to be receptive to that? And so we start today, you know, not by worrying. <laughs> Remember, the situation and worry equals defeat and discouragement, but a situation plus prayer and praise looks for an expectation of good. So we begin our day by allowing God to speak to our heart, and he's there every day, every moment of the day, giving us an opportunity to open our heart to be receptive of what he is doing next. <laughs> and the last story is uh, uh, a butterfly. Butterflies don't start off with butterflies. They start out as caterpillars. And, you know, you just, you just wonder, how does a caterpillar know when it's time to spin a web? It's cocoon. How does a bird know when it's time to fly south? <laughs> how does an eagle know how to get back to its nest? How, does, how do these sparrows know how to look for food? <laughs> how, how do they know these things? It's just, it's inside of them. People call it instinct. Well, 
God is inside of us and there is a leading of the Spirit and God has a plan. And that we are, we are part of this, as it were, the building of a cocoon because we know that it is time to fly. We know that it's time to be something more than what we've been. Not that what we've been is wrong, but that God has something more for us to experience. And so, is it where God is telling us to build that cocoon and inside that cocoon, there's a transformation. And the transformation is God is standing at our heart's door and knocking and telling us, you can do this. There's no dream too big. Nothing so small that I can't turn it for my good. And that, that transformation is a struggle to get out of. If there, wasn't, if there isn't a struggle for the butterfly to get out of the cocoon, it won't have the strength to fly. So the struggles that we are part of our life are part of what God wants us to go through so that we can have the strength to fly and to believe. That there is greater things for us to experience than what we, than what we have to this point. So God is at work. Protect your heart because that is our heart. Our heart will discourage us when it's hurt. So let your heart heal. Don't allow events of the past to determine your future. God has something for us. And we are breaking out of the cocoon to become the new thing, the new person that Christ has created us to be. Amen? Let's stand. <laughs> God, we are so grateful that you do a new thing in us each day. But God, that your spirit is touching us and touching our lives, that you are going to have opportunities for us. The things, the secret desires that you have given in our hearts and minds, the secret things that no one knows, God, you put them there. You place them in our hearts. And God, we want to believe and receive and give of that which you have placed in our hands. So for the wounds of our heart, help us, O oh Lord, to pull out those wounds, those thistles, those needles. Pull them out and trash them. <laughs> and allow your spirit of love to heal. And when we go to remember them, help us to forget them. Because our future is greater than our past. And our past pains are just, just things to be grown through for our future work. So bless us, Lord. Bless, may we open our hearts to receive the blessing of Christ sitting down with us. And we are receiving his word and sharing his word. You will come in and sup with us and we with you. You've come to eat with us each day. Help us, Lord, to consume your word and to believe it and receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.